Hey everyone, and welcome to the Balanced Bodies Blueprint. I am your host, Vinny Russo. And I am your co-host, Dr. Aaron Stansfield. And we're shifting gears from all the conventional fitness narrative you hear on most fitness podcasts, as our main emphasis lies in preventative healthcare, adopting a holistic approach to nutrition, and challenging the traditional views on various fitness topics. Our mission with this podcast is to provide you with the information you need to achieve optimal health. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about a pretty new and very relevant controversy over GMOs. Now, I wasn't even aware of this until um, until you actually brought this up. And once I looked into it, it was pretty alarming. Yeah, I thought this topic was of importance given that recently the American Academy of Pediatrics came out with a statement calling for more research into potential health hazards of chemicals in GMO-based foods, which on the surface seems like a pretty benign statement, but I think about the impact that the statement may have. Um, basically, the AAP, as they're known um, for shorthand, is adding an element of doubt about giving our children GMO-based foods. It's crazy. This is, yeah, it's a huge statement for um, parents out there, especially when parents are very concerned about the food sources that their children might be consuming. Um, the statement was made by a few pediatricians who cited poor data. Um, most of the data they cited was observational data from very much cherry-picked articles. Um, GMOs have been researched for several years, and I think there's a couple of valid points um, in one in the statement and the overall picture of things. One is just because you're capable of doing a PubMed search does not mean that the study you find is well-designed and the results should be implemented in clinical practice. Which Something, something you taught me very well. Yeah, and I think the statement, because we trust doctors so much, is of utmost importance, right? Because um, the lay public is going to trust um, the pediatricians that put out such a statement, um, and they're just adding doubt into this equation. Um, but just like anything out there, um, there's good and bad studies, and most people can find a study to support their point. Um, that's why it's very um, important that you know how to interpret the data. And if you don't know how to interpret the data, that's okay. Um, I went and got a master's um, after medical school to um, learn the very basics about interpreting data and looking at research studies and looking at their design and what kind of results that they got. Um, if you aren't trained in this, please find somebody who is trained to do so. And um, and make sure that maybe you not only find one person, but several sources that are trained in looking at these studies, because like I said, you can find any research that um, can blow in the wind, essentially. Um, if, if somebody's trying to make a point, I guarantee that they can find a um, PMID um, uh, citation that supports their, their premise. Um, but I think the most important thing with this statement is that when consumers are exposed to negative messages about pesticides, they buy and consume less produce, i.e. less fruits and vegetables. That means at a time when Americans don't even come close to consuming the recommended amounts of produce, we're adding another barrier to consumption by fear-mongering. Yeah, that's what and, it is. It's fear-mongering. Yeah. Um, so that being said, um, let's kind of dive into the very basics. Um, I see this as as kind of a teaser episode, and we'll talk about that more. But 
Ben, can you talk about GMOs and what they are? Yeah, so GMOs are genetically modified organisms. And this is basically when the genetic material of the organism, something like a plant or an animal, it's changed in a way that doesn't happen naturally through something like mating or, or recombination. This process, it involves adding, removing, and even altering, altering some specific genes to get specific desired traits. Um, a perfect example is seen with nowadays with farming, where genetically modified crops are made to have better qualities like resistance to pests or resistance to diseases, and even resistance to tough environmental conditions um, to, to help with sustainable food. So they're, des they're, they're designed to really increase the, the overall crop yield and the nutrition value of that crop. Now, I know with GMOs, there's a ton of controversy um, between whether or not they're actually safe for human consumption. I'm one to believe that they are safe for human consumption. Um, but what, uh, what about you, you? Like, what have you found? Well, thank you for that explanation. Um, so GMOs have been researched for several years. Um, they are safe for human consumption. Mm. There are numerous scientific studies indicating that. I'm not going to dive into the data, one, because I'm not the expert in GMOs, um, but that's why I mentioned that this episode is a teaser. We will be speaking with an expert um, in molecular biology who um, specializes in research in GMOs um, in part two yep. of this GMO controversy. So please stay tuned. I think it's very important to inform the public about this topic because it can be very confusing. Um, in general, personally, I'm disheartened by um, the consensus, consensus statement that other physicians put out. Um, this is an organization of 67,000 members of pediatricians um, that have basically introduced doubt into the consumption of fruits and vegetables for our children. Um, and being a mom myself of a nine-year-old, obviously you're going to be concerned about what kind of food that your child consumes. And when you get statements like this from physicians, it just makes it more complicated um, when it doesn't need to be. Um, I think that it's very important to fight against misinformation, especially when it comes to nutrition. Mm -hmm. um, this can be especially dangerous for people who can't afford um, good sources of nutrition in the first place. I'm talking about low social economic status where going to the grocery store might be a struggle. And now we're telling them and making that more confusing that perhaps that their fruits and vegetables aren't safe. Um, uh, I think that that is a disservice to, yeah. to these kind of people that are out there. No, it definitely is. Um, so let's just talk about logistics for a minute. Um, Vin, since your uh, specialty is nutrition, what do you think the average fiber consumption is in the U.S. population for the average American? Well, I know they don't get the required amount. I know that for a fact. Um, I think recently there's been more of an effort to try to get the, the recommended amount. So I'm going to say anywhere between 10 to 20 grams of fiber per day is probably on average. Yeah. So it's somewhere in between there. Um, I've seen numbers about 15 grams. Mm -hmm. Um and how much fiber is recommended in general? 25 to 30 grams. And you're going to get that from mainly fruits and vegetables. Um, yeah. But sort of like, all right, so you're going into the logistics here, but where are you going with this fiber aspect? Um, my point is that unfounded concerns and fears about pesticide residues on fresh produce contribute to reduce fruit and vegetable consumption. 
putting people at higher risk for poor health outcomes, especially like I mentioned before, the people that may not be able to afford the food sources to begin with, right? And I'm talking about real health consequences here. There are medical conditions that are directly affected by low fiber intake. Um, some of those might include cardiovascular disease, pancreatitis, um, colon, colon and rectal cancers, diverticulosis, um, that's a big one, mm -hmm. um, people with obesity, type 2 diabetes, hemorrhoids, constipation. High um, cholesterol. Even high cholesterol, yeah, exactly. Um, so there are these are real health issues that are directly affected by our diets. And if we don't get enough um, fiber in our diets, these conditions can be a lot worse than they need to be. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. It needs to be driven home because there's so much research out there that shows how important, how important fruit and vegetables actually are to overall health. Um, and it, it sort of reminds me a little bit of like um, these people that want to go just like strictly organic, like organic doesn't mean what you actually think it means. Like there's an approved list of synthetic and natural chemicals that can be used and still be labeled organic, even though it's technically not. Does, does that like spark any insight in your realm, like with this organic and inorganic? Cause it kind of seems similar where you have like, everything's like, it was okay to eat non-organic. And then it's like, oh, if you want to be healthier, eat this. It's like, yeah. it's okay to not, it's okay to eat GMO food. Then it's like, if you want to be healthier, stay away from GMO, GMOs. Well, I, I think, um, you're, you are completely correct. Like that's another layer of complexity, right? And in reality, um, all these layers of complexity just add to people's food avoidance. Um, and by food avoidance, I mean that they're, they don't know what to consume because they don't know what is safe. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people will say, well, organic's um, safe. Well, GMOs are used in organic um, produce as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, there is overlap. And um, I think that instead of scaring or shaming people, um, that we should be encouraging them to um, consume more fruits and vegetables and I really don't think that the concern or the um, amount of alarm that is, um, you know, give give given credence with statements like like the pediatric association came out with, um, it just adds to the misinformation and doubt that people feel. And now we're adding that doubt towards our children as well, and so yeah. it just becomes very complicated. I know that a lot of parents are going to go to their pediatricians and say, Hey, um, what should I feed my kid? If I can't feed them fruits and vegetables, like which ones are okay, which ones are not okay. And I think one that puts the pediatrician in a very awkward state in, um, you know, pulling out or looking at the research data. Um, and then their society is basically saying, there's questions there. And yeah. so, you know, as a, as a pediatrician that sees maybe 40, 50 patients a day, they're not going to have time to dive into the data and, and really find that this is a misinformed statement. Um, and so it's a very unfortunate um, statement, I think that comes from a group of physicians. Yeah, honestly, like I, I it's kind of sad. I wouldn't expect that, especially coming from that caliber of of people um, and, and how much of an effect it's going to have. It's going to have a ripple effect um, affecting a ton of people um, because people do trust doctors. Um, and when it comes out with that type of information, 
are you going to question them? Because the the layman is not going to read research paper like you can. So they got to trust what the other one is saying. And if, <laughs> if you're a pediatrician and you're being told by your society to say this, like, do you really have a choice? Um, but it, I feel like it's, it's, it is sad because you're demonizing something that has a ton of potential benefits. And I know we'll probably get into this in part two, but I want to at least touch on some of them. So our, our, our listeners, you know, go into this with like, Hey, they're saying that GMOs aren't that bad. Well, how are they good? And you got to think about it. Like you mentioned before, we're combating food deserts, right. And accessibility because, um, these GMOs, they contribute to the production of food in areas with limited access to that fresh produce, which honestly helps improve overall food security. There's also a reduced environmental impact as some of these GMOs are designed to require fewer of those pesticides and herbicides that we talked about earlier. And that leads to a decrease in the chemical use that's you know associated with negative environmental impact. Um, and if we're re reducing the amount of chemicals that we're using, we're, it's going to be beneficial for the soil health, the water quality around it, and the biodiversity conservation. Um, there's also genetic modifications that uh, can, can make the plant like drought resistant, right? If you can make a plant drought resistant, then you enable them to thrive in arid regions and not die off when, um, let's just say an area goes through drought, like, like somewhere like in California. Um, and then there's also the aspect of improved nutritional content. So when you genetically engineer, uh, something like a plant, you can enhance the nutritional content of those crops, which can address malnutrition issues globally. Right. So for example, there's, there's something called golden rice and golden rice basically has added beta carotene to it to provide higher levels of vitamin A. And this was genetically modified to be able to do that. So you have all of these benefits that I just named. And there's so, there's so many more with GMOs and people have such a negative look on it because it's not quote unquote natural. Well, I mean, if it can help uh, with people that don't have the same access to food. Oh. So why is it such a bad thing? I think those are excellent points. And you're, I think, right along the lines where I'm thinking as well. Um, a lot of these GMOs have been life-changing for for many countries um, because it, it does give them more uh, nutrition content in the food that they are consuming. Mm -hmm. um, we seem to be very siloed um, in America, right? We tend to think, you know, we can go to the whole foods, um, and, and when recommendations like this are put out, um, maybe you have a choice. Um, but there are people that might not have a choice or struggle for that decision as to what to put on the dinner table at night mm -hmm. and how to feed their family. And I think that's an important consideration as well. Um, and like I said, um, before, we are going to have an expert that will talk about this in depth and, and talk about the farming that goes along with, with GMOs. Um, I think that um, this misinformation is just very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And um, it's I am very disappointed that uh, fellow physicians who, um, you know, who whom we trust so much put out a statement like, like this, that is very confusing to towards parents. Um, and also to people in general, right? Um, because if we can't feed our children vegetables and fruits, then what are we supposed to feed them? Yeah. Um, and I think that that is, is not the right message here at all. Um, and yeah, I, 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 it's the first time that, uh, I felt compelled to say something against my own 
um, you know, group of colleagues, yeah. uh, if you will, because the the data that they are using to support this is so poor. Yeah, and I, and I could see that because you know you're the first one to say like, hey, doctors don't know nutrition. Like you're the first one to go there, but like this was the first time that I've seen you actually say like, this is stupid. Like, why are they doing this when the data doesn't support it? This type of society shouldn't push this message if it has, for lack of a better term, shitty data, yeah. <laughs> plain and simple. Um, but so listen, we're, we're probably leaving some people confused here on what to actually do. Um, I know my message um, is, is honestly like the GMOs, it shouldn't matter. And look, this could change over time right now. Data does not support what they're pushing. If it does support it in the future, we will come out with another podcast that, you know, we'll talk about that. But for now, the data does not say anything to that nature. So can you just give people like, can, can you just give any final thoughts or ideas that, that you want to share with the listeners so they might have a better chance of uh, quote unquote survival out there? Um, my final thought is this. Um, here we are as Americans, a lot of us are obese and um, there are very confusing statements about food out there. Um, I think it would be vigilant to promote eating fruits and vegetables and getting your fiber in. Um, GMOs have not been proven to be unsafe um, and thus get your fruits and vegetables in. Mm. Um, obviously, you should uh, make sure that you you wash them and you clean them, but it's more important to get those servings in and to get that fiber in. Um, that's probably the big picture here. Yeah. Um, I think it's equivalent to, you know, some of these influencers out there that have tattoos all over their body and, um, you know, lip filler and they're Botox. Touting, yeah. And, and Botox and they're touting the, um, unsafeness of GMOs. Mm -hmm. Um, look at yourself and, and think, hmm, you know, I've got a bunch of tattoos. Have you been tested for hepatitis? Um, yeah, maybe yeah. there are more uh, pressing health issues or health concerns um, versus something that has data behind it and mm -hmm. has been proven to be safe for consumption. I don't think we should be discouraging people from eating fruits and vegetables in general. Yeah, without a doubt. And, um, you know, honestly, GMOs, it's, it's a hot topic. So if an influencer says something like that, it's going to catch attention, right? And that's what they want. They just want the attention, whether they're giving a good message or not. Some of them, I'm not going to say all of them, some of them don't care. It's just about getting the likes, the views, the comments, hitting the algorithm, right? But just touching off of, or, or piggybacking off of what you said, honestly, like just look at the research with fruit and vegetables and how beneficial it is for your overall health. Literally, just go on the internet, go to Google Scholar, go to PubMed, write it in and read all the research that you can um, because you're going to have way more research say that it is beneficial for you than it is not. Um, and this research has been being done since crops have been genetically modified. So I don't see the issue, but I'm not saying that we're right. I think right now, Dr. Aaron is right because the data does not support what everyone else is saying. Um, and it's technically supporting what Dr. Aaron is saying. So awesome. I'm so glad that, that you brought this up and I can't wait for part two because we have Dr. Uh, Kevin Folter coming on and he is going to, uh, he's going to lay down the business with GMOs. On behalf of Balanced Bodies, we just want to say thank you for joining us on this episode of the Balanced Bodies Blueprint. We are committed to bringing valuable content. And if you enjoyed today's episode, 
we'd greatly appreciate it if you can take a moment and like it and leave a five-star review. On Apple, just go to the show, scroll down to the bottom and rate it there. If you're on Spotify, go to the show's page, click the three dots, and you can rate it there as well. And if you believe in the power of knowledge, share this episode on your social media to try and get the information out there to as many people as possible. And as you navigate your own path towards better health, remember that Balanced Bodies is forever in your corner. See you all next week. The podcast content may include discussions of medical topics and health-related information. However, the information provided should not be considered exhaustive or complete, and it should not be relied upon as a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare providers with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment.